What's going on, man? Ben, how you doing? Uh, I'm wonderful. I tell you what, I've been really enjoying this weather. I know the time change is weird and it's dark out, and but man, this weather has been phenomenal. This weather is fantastic. I took two walks today mm-hmm. at lunch and right after work, and it was fantastic. I love it. It's, it's amazing. It. Having a good evening. I'm sitting here drinking my elderberry tea, which I made. Look at that. Fresh. It's fantastic. Thank you, Mama Bear. All right. Mama Bear with the elderberry. I love it. Yeah, I love good. it. Uh, yeah. What, 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 why do you, why yeah. do you like elderberry? Is that, is it just kind of soothing at night? I'm, I'm trying to, I, I mean, full disclosure. Tastes good too. I, I like to have a beer at night and I'm trying to replace that with like a you tea. Shouldn't, yeah, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> You're gonna uh, get fat. I know, I know. I like. I need to. <laughs> I need to fix this. Uh, Jay Jenkins, what's up? We're, we're definitely gonna get to that. Evangelon, thank you for being with us live tonight, man. So good to to see you in here. Uh, he's listening from work. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much for sharing. That means the world to us. Uh, all right, we're gonna get to some questions, Doc. You ready to roll? I'm ready to roll. I did have an interesting patient. I'll tell you about today. A new patient okay. came in and and said that um, he was worried because he couldn't remember anything. I mean, he could not remember. He was thought maybe he's getting dementia or something, and um, you know he couldn't remember what he had just said, et cetera. He says, Doc, what do I do about it? I told him to forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was an easy answer. <laughs> Kidding. Okay, that was actually a joke. I heard. that was a joke I heard today. I okay. thought it was kind of funny. I thought that was hysterical. Like normally, you know, I, I know Katie Carter, myself. Uh, we we don't always find your jokes hilarious, but that one was good. Yeah. That was, was that good. That was a good joke. I, I like that. I hope uh, I hope uh, we got some people here live with us tonight. I hope you guys found that uh, hysterical. <laughs> uh, Joe Colby, I'm gonna put this up. Um, I'm all about the athletic uh, brewing. The, that that's a non-alcoholic beer. Um, I'm actually going to have one of those tonight. I like the hazy wow. IPA. Um, so thank you for putting that in. That is, it's it's like it literally tastes like beer, but no alcohol. Um, I love that. That's becoming very popular. It is. It is. Um, I think it's a good thing. All right, guys, y'all know the drill. If y'all have a question for Dr. Rogers, go ahead and put it in the comments. We're going to get to uh, questions tonight and go till eight. Um, let's get this one in here because this, you know, we talk a lot about supplements um, and I'm sure a lot of people in here feel the same way. All right. After adding new supplements over time, I just want to confirm that taking all of these things together at lunchtime is not causing any to be ineffective. Uh, goes on to say, I do this because it is the only time of day that I know I can consistently take them with a meal life extension until they can get the, uh, the Dr. Rogers formulas. Um, here's what they are taking. It's vitamin C with quercetin, multi, uh, EPA, DHEA, which is the omega threes, vitamin D three, K two, NAD plus curcumin, saffron, CoQ10, B12 sublingual, uh, so these are all being taken at lunch. What's your what's your thoughts on this? Is there a better way for them to do it? Yeah, you know, I think it's fine. You're going to be fine. You know, I like the ones you're taking. All those are really good. Um, I certainly take all of those. Um, but yeah, you know, because I don't eat breakfast anymore, um, 
and I feel a lot better when I don't eat breakfast and it seems to keep the weight off of me. But, um, but you know, I'm the kind of guy that needs to put on weight, not lose it. So I've always been a hard gainer. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you can split it up into twice a day, some people say that's maybe better, but certainly none of those are going to interfere with each other. So you're fine with that. Like somebody asked me the other day, what's the best time to take uh, creatine? You know, we just got our uh, creatine, uh, our own our own white labeled creatine in yesterday, and which I like. But what's the best time to take it? Daily. Just remember to take it. So I think that's the main thing. And certainly, you know, with your multi and and the the fat soluble vitamins, you need that with food. So um, that's a good. That's fine. I like what you're on. I'm gonna put this up just for the uh, for the folks with us live. Uh, this is actually brand new. I think it came in this week. Uh, uh, Katie, you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but yeah, we're super pumped about the creatine. These uh, the Dr. Rogers formulas are in full force uh, in in the offices, and uh, like we've said before, we're working to get those online. Most likely going to happen uh, after uh, Black Friday. Um, I think on the next batch with that creatine, I'm going to put in HMB with it Yep. and have a combo for muscle building. Look at my podcast from today on HMB and it's uh, those two together are very synergistic. If you work out a lot and you want to build muscle, so you, you, and they're safe. So you described um, HMB with vitamin D with K as like acting like a fat burner. And I found that really yeah. interesting. Um, and it's, it's, it's like a, it's not a weight loss supplement. It's a muscle building supplement, um, which, you know, how do you, uh, you build muscle, which gets rid of fat, which is kind of cool. Uh, am I, yeah. I'm right with that, right? Yeah. Muscle burns fat. Muscle the more burns. muscle you produce, the more you increase your metabolism and it burns fat. So. All right. We're going to keep going here. Um, this is a question that came in through, uh, email and, and I don't know what T2 is, um, but I'm going to ask you this. It is, what are your thoughts on using T2 supplementation to alleviate fatigue in individuals with thyroid disorders? What are other issues does it help with? Um, I know you see, uh, thyroid, uh, every day. Um, what's your, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah. You know, that's just one of the thyroid hormones that, um, is out there. Nobody really hears much about T2. Um, actually with when you when you, your thyroid puts out several different kinds of um, thyroid hormone is what it is. And this is one not many people even hear about, but your thyroid actually puts out T0, T1, T2, T3, T4. And it just really means how many iodine uh, molecules are attached to the thyroxine on there. So the, so the one you you think of people using most of all is Synthroid or Levothyroxine, yeah. generic Synthroid, and that's T4. Well, T4 is really not an active uh, thyroid hormone. It has to convert to T3 to become active in your body. So there's actually, that's why we use a lot of T3 by itself called Cytomel, and we use a lot of armor and NP thyroid, which are actually desiccated pig thyroid pills. And those have olive in it, 
from T0, 1, 2, 3, and 4. Um, and that's why I think most people really like them much better than using Synthroid or Levothyroxine. At least at least 90% of my patients when I switch them from Synthroid or Levo to something like NP or Armor, they just feel better. At least 90%. Yeah. It's, you know, it's old timey. It's, it's not synthetic. You know, they push in synthetics on us all the time, but um, that's certainly what I would take. And I put most of my patients that have underactive thyroid on is a desiccated uh, pig thyroid supplementation that has all the T's in it. Now, T2 is kind of interesting because a lot of people put it in over the counter in some of these weight loss supplements. They put some T2 in there. And um, it is an active form of thyroid, but not nearly as active as T3. So you have to use a lot more T2, you know, to get the same effects as the T3. Um, but some people think it's better for weight loss and stimulating brown fat mm. uh, metabolism and acting on the mitochondria a little bit better, which is your part of the cell that produces energy, ATP. So, um, I mean, it's in a lot of, it's in a lot of these weight loss supplements and they claim it works. There haven't been a lot of studies with it. So, you know, where you get, I don't know where you can get just plain T2 by itself. You can probably get it somewhere, but certainly, um, it's not as active as T3. Um, but there may be some great uses for that in the future. There's just kind of starting to work on it a little bit. So but I do think that's why something like an NP or armor work better than a synthetic T4, um, uh, prescription medicine. So, uh, keep your ears peeled about T2 supplementation because some people say it's great and it may even have some other benefits, mainly energy production and weight loss. That's why they, they'll sneak it in some of these weight loss supplements that you get over the counter. But uh, really interesting uh, thing. You know, it just has two iodine molecules on it, and it does have some bioactivity. So um, stay tuned for that one. A lot of research right now on weight loss for that. So, so we will, um, we'll keep you guys posted on what we're learning about T2. Thank you so much for for that question that came in through email, uh, kind of spurred that conversation. We'll talk more about it. I'm going to put this up from Evangelon here. Uh, you should throw some berberine in with the HMB creatine D3K formula. That's, a, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Berberine. I love berberine. I started my last patient day on berberine. Um, it, it, and it wasn't the guy who couldn't remember anything. <laughs> I told him to forget about it. <laughs> Is a different as a lady. Now, I, I want to get to this this next question because it actually has to do with um, the, the the desiccated thyroid medications. Um, and we've gotten, you know, a couple questions around, you know, when you're already on something, can you also take Tirzepatide or yeah, uh, one uh -huh. of the GLP-1s? Uh, this sure. question for the, for the people listening is, while on desiccated thyroid medications, can you also be on Tirzepatide? Yeah. You sure can. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to interfere at all. Um, you know, there's some question about, you know, use of tirzepatide, which is Monjaro, or Ozempic, which is semiglutide, 
um, as far as absorption of some medications, because it definitely delays gastric emptying. So that's possible. Um, but so you always, if you get on one of those and you're on a thyroid medicine, just check your levels in a couple of months to see where you're at, see if it affected it at all, because it, it certainly can. And of course, you're going to take your thyroid medicine on an empty stomach anyway. But, um, you know, what I would say is when, just don't take, don't take your shot. You know, it's a once a week shot. Don't take that around right around when you take within several hours of taking your thyroid medicines, what I would say. So just wait. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I love um, conversations around that because I know a lot of people are, are taking different things and they want to know that, you know, that separation, how long do well, I It's need a good to point. It's yeah. a good point because it can affect your, your uptake of, of uh, medicines and vitamins. So yeah. um, I just tell people to, don't take don't take the shot right around when you're taking some of the other medicines, especially something like a thyroid medicine. Okay, um, um, thank you so much for that question that came over on Instagram. And the uh, uh, say hello to Angela. I see your question. It's a great question around methylene blue. Lisa, what's going on? Coal miners' daughters uh, in the building. What's going on? Great to see you this uh, evening. Um, we got another question that came over on Instagram, and this is. If your cholesterol levels are good and in range, but your LDL is high, is that a concern? Well, it just depends. I mean, I told a patient today that, you know, had had one of the best um, lipid panels you'll see, but her cholesterol was 220, and her family doc wanted to put her on a statin. But when you broke it down with a Cleveland panel, her HDL was 93, her LDL was 80, her APOB was 80 or 75. Her particle size was great. Triglycerides were low. There's no way in her LDL was not oxidized. There was in her inflammatory markers great. There's no way I would put her on a cholesterol medicine. Mm. Uh, you know, that panel was actually better than, than uh, my panel. My cholesterol is like 160, I think, or less. But so not, I mean, the, the LDL, the quote, bad cholesterol, Really, when you get a total cholesterol and HDL and an LDL, which is what most doctors will get, you really can't. That didn't tell you much at all, to be honest with you. You need you need the particle size, you need the oxidized LDL, you need something called an APOB um, so to look at it further. So, you know, the LDL is quote the bad kind, uh, but no, you need you need to come in and get a Cleveland heart panel, and we'll look at all that, or you can look at it. You know, or get a Berkeley heart panel is another good lipid blood test to get. But uh, it's not really that concerning to me, to be honest with you. Just that you know, one you thing. Look at all the, other, all the other risk factors as well. But yeah, and, and I suspect your LDL is not that high. Uh, if your total cholesterol is good, your LDL is probably not going to be that high. Um, and, and, and I so want to put this up from Unless Cole. your HDL is really low, but could be, but say that, say that one get more. your HDL, unless your HDL is very low, you want to get your HDL up. Hmm. Um, and remember statins do not raise your HDL, the good cholesterol, they lower it. That's another reason I'm not fond of statins for everybody. You know, a lot of docs just slap everybody on statin. I don't agree with that. So if your LDL is high, but your HDL is also high, that's not as bad. So you, cause you yeah. want your LDL, yeah. your HDL up. Right. Yeah. Right. 
Um, I'm going to put this up from uh, Coal Miner's Daughter just because it's it's exactly what we're talking about. Uh, in the same line of questioning, if triglycerides are high but total cholesterol is good, then what is line of treatment? Yeah, um, that's a great question because really triglycerides are more damaging than cholesterol usually. Um, and what, what I would do for that, it's completely different treatment. Of course, diet, you know, what kind of food you're eating is, is real important. Um, the bad fats and the high bad carbs are what causes the triglycerides up. Now, there are some genetic conditions that you can have hypertriglyceridemia, but usually the treatment is omega-3s, mm. you know, which is over-the-counter fish oil, krill. That'll bring them down most of the time. I rarely have to use anything like phenofibrate. Sometimes I'll use that. Um, there are lopid. There's some medicines that we sometimes use, but um, try the omega-3s, which to me are so important anyway. Um, very important. All right, Coal Miner's Daughter, thank you for uh, for putting that question in. Um, we're going to get back here to, um, let's see, where are we at? Uh, okay, so this is another vitamin question around, you know, maybe some overlap uh, with multiple supplements. Uh, question is um, 3,000 MCG of vitamin A in the super vitamin plus another 630 MCG in happy, healthy hair. Is that too much vitamin A? No, I certainly do them. Um, no, you, I think you'd have to get over 10,000 micrograms to, to even worry about it. So, no, I don't think so. Um, All right. I hope that I hope that helps. And we're going to go to another one here. Um, what about taking the super vitamin, which is the one of the Dr. Rogers formulas, plus Dr. Rogers D with K2, that is 180 plus 180, 360 micrograms of K2, is that okay? No, I wouldn't do that. All you need is 180. So if you're taking the super vitamin and you need some extra D, take the plain D3 uh -huh. without the K. Okay. You know, it probably wouldn't hurt you, but, you know, um, I, I just wouldn't do it. You, you know, I think more than 180. I, I think that is a common question. I've actually thought about that myself. If you're yeah. taking, um, it's a great question. Just like example, you know, when somebody has COVID or they're sick, and we pop their vitamin D up to to 50,000 a day for five days, um, which is safe. Just, you know, do the plain D3. One of them, you need, you need 180 micrograms of K2, uh, MK7. But um, when you pop it, make the rest of them with just plain vitamin D3. All right, so I'm hearing the you're you're fine with the 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 D going pretty high, but keep the K2 at 180. Don't overlap those if you can. Yeah, right. Probably um, wouldn't hurt, but just I just think it's better off, better part of value just to take a total of 180. All righty, thank you so much for that question, and I believe that does it for the ones that came in over the week uh, through email. Thank you guys so much for. Uh, for helping us start off the show uh, in such a positive manner. Those questions were amazing. Uh, we're going to go to the live comments now. So uh, those who uh, are, are with us weekly, you know the drill. If you have a question for Dr. Rogers, go ahead and put it in the comments. We're going to get to uh, as many as we possibly can. Um, let's see. Uh, 
I just think this is funny. Some guy came up to my car and asked if I wanted to buy hydroxymethylbutyrate. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. I'd say no. I, I, I'd say that's not a good place to get it from. Um, no. Who knows what it was? It could have been, you know, who knows? Uh, let's get to Spencer here. Uh, any suggestions for someone with stage three pancreatic cancer when doctor says chemo is not working? Uh, Spencer, man, my, my heart is, um, is out for you or your, or a loved one right now. What, what, um, you know, I know you get questions like this, um, uh, in office. What, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah. You know, um, the things I would do uh, besides the traditional stuff, you know, I don't know if a Whipple surgery is, is amenable for you, it depends on if it's the head or the tail of the pancreas, but um, if surgery's out, chemo's not working. And here's something I would do anyway. Number one, I'd get on a ketogenic diet. I would take IV vitamin C and I would get on fembendazole. You know, go look at some of our um, podcasts on fenben, and I'd probably get on artemisinin. Um, so those, those are some things I would definitely do. Um, if it was me, I would get on those. All right, um, Spencer. And always get a second opinion, yep. you know, from it. Uh, thank you for that question, Spencer. And, um, and keep us posted. If you need any more, um, information, let us know. I, there is, uh, we've got a couple videos on Fenben and artemisinin and, uh, a lot of those types of things. Um, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to put them in the comments tonight. Um, let's go to, uh, let's see where we're at. Let's go to Richard over on Facebook. Uh, friend started supplement from China and developed AFib. Um, FM doc, FM doc said it was a, said it was China supplement. AFib resolved two days later. FM doc recommended same supplement from New Zealand no AFib after one year. Are you concerned about using supplements from China? I am. Yeah, I am. You know, just, it's just a fact now that you got to be careful. You know, they may have been, it may have been an omega-3 fish oil sub, supplement. That has been linked in some cases to AFib. So if you have AFib, I'd probably cut my omega-3s out. Mm. even though they're great for a lot of things or there's a lot of recent data that you may have an increased chance of developing AFib when you take omega-3s. So I certainly take them, but the people that have AFib, I recommend that they don't take them. Mm. Um, so that's an interesting question. You just wonder if it was official tablet that, that, uh, that may have caused that. So, yeah, you just got to be careful, you know. You know the 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 one reason I picked that um, freedom to formulate um, place in Oregon to make my vitamins is because they're all domestically sourced. The raw materials just come from the United States and Europe, so and they're tested many times over. They're quarantined and tested, um, so. And 100% of the raw materials were tested, not just 30% or 20% like they require, all of it. So and it doesn't have fillers in it. So that's why I like them. That's why I chose them. Yeah, I think, you know, um, 
uh, as we you know move forward in this, you, you got to be you know um, uh, sophisticated when 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 choosing uh, the supplements you take. And um, for for me, I, you know, we hear the term AFib a lot, and in my head, I'm like, I don't really know what that is. Is that a heart attack? No, AFib's an ir- irregular heartbeat. Oh, okay. You know, it means the top part of your uh, electrical system on the top part for the top part of your heart is off Mm. and it causes your heart to beat really fast and irregularly. So the top part of your heart, the atria don't move to pump the blood out. It just kind of quivers. Blood clots can form in there and and cause a stroke. That's why AFib patients need a blood thinner. Oh, that's the main complication. It's not a heart attack. It's a rhythm problem. It's pretty common. Uh, Yeah. And, and, but that's a severe consequence uh, with, you know, the possibility of a stroke and a, and a blood clot. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, Richard, thank you so much for that question. And, um, and I'm, man, I'm, I'm glad, uh, uh, great question. Good to comment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad your friend's okay after the, after a year. Um, let's get to, uh, the next question here. Let's see where I'm at. Uh, man, these questions are great. Thank you guys so much for, um, for commenting. Um, this is, uh, from Jay Jenkins. This is similar, uh, to the question we talked about with Spencer here, um, in terms of like how you would look at, you know, uh, a cancer diagnosis. I would appreciate your thoughts on the gallery test for detecting stage one cancers. Um, I, I feel like I've heard of this, but I, I have no clue what the gallery test is. Yeah, there was a, there was a good uh, article in the Wall Street Journal about the gallery test. It's kind of the new thing. Uh, it's, you know, cancer, it's a blood test for cancer detection and early cancer mm. detection. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of a predictor of things that you are genetically predisposed to. And so, I mean, it's worked in, in, in a lot of cases the problem with it is, and it's not, I think it's about a thousand dollars to get the test. Um, you know, if you get a false positive, a lot of times you're going to run down, it's going to cause unnecessary worry and expense to work it up. But I think there's a lot of future use of this. that's going to come out. It's not really recommended by the American cancer society yet, but that certainly seems to be the one that's the best. So, you know, a lot of people will get that test and they'll do a total body MRI, you know, and in some cases, you know, it, it could save a life. Um, but it's, it's just kind of, those things are just now starting. So you got to weigh the risk versus the benefits and the worry. Yep. But I, I think it is part of the future. I really do. Because you want to detect cancer early. Um but you don't you don't also want to be unnecessarily scared and freaked out about you know what you may be predisposed to get so um i'm okay with it though you know i'm gonna look into maybe offering it for some of my patients that really want it um you know i know a couple radiologists that that do the total body mri patients want that i've ordered a few of them but like i say you got to you got to really be careful and, and willing to kind of, if you have a positive, uh, you know, get more testing 
and all that. But uh, so I'm not against it. So there could be false positives. Yeah, there could be. They claim there's not that many, but um, you know there could be also false negatives. They they miss it. So so would the type of person that would be interested in this sort of test would that be like someone with family history things like yeah that? okay yeah yeah I, I I mean as I'm you know listening to you uh, it seems like you know. Uh, you need to know what to do with the information. You know, you almost got to be prepared for, you know, how are you going to respond, you know, to the information? Cause it could, um, could. Yeah. A lot of doctors don't like the test cause it puts them in a quandary. What should I do? Right. No. Well, and like, you know, we've talked a lot about on this, you know, on this show, you know, about the healthcare system and, and how so much of it is, you know, we call CYA, you know, uh, that type of message because then it does put the doctor in a really, um, you know, interesting position because you you almost are forced to to go down a rabbit hole. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Jay Jenkins, thank you so much for um uh, for putting that in there. Um, let's see, let's see where I'm at. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll answer this for Evangelon. Uh, you know, my friends make fun of me for this, and and they're like. W- the purpose of NA beer is just ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's funny. I, you know, I think a lot of people do drink it for the taste, uh, but my, every one of my friends thinks exactly the way you're, you're thinking Evangelon. So, uh, I think I'm in the, uh, I'm in the minority on that, <laughs> but it is, it's so funny. Uh, so I, you're saying you like the taste? I, I do. Yeah. I, I drink it. I drink the, the, the non-alcoholic for the taste and also for the routine like i'm a big routine guy um so yeah i'm uh, like a, i'm like evangel i don't like the taste of beer yeah yeah it, it, that's a good thing it's an acquired taste it's certainly an acquired taste i don't know anybody that likes it the first time they drink it no no um all right let's get to angela's question here i've uh saw this come on my my radar through the comments uh, and we love methylene blue questions i uh, love to hear more about uses uh, for methylene blue, it seems like there's more uses every day. Uh, what's your, what's your, what do you typically, how do you typically answer this question? Um, well, we use it to kind of um, get this bluish tint to our dogs when they get into it. <laughs> uh, let me let, for, picture. let me see if Angela, uh, she'll, she'll love this. Um, well, if I. If I can find it, uh, oh, there we go. Uh, we use it for this purpose, uh, just to have fun. <laughs> the dogs love it, you know. So one um, of the, one of the uses is, um, you know, if you if you want a good laugh. <laughs> we thought our dogs had cyanide poisoning. That's why we gave it to them. <laughs> just kidding, but it is in the ER for every ER doc knows where it's at to put intravenously in somebody that has carbon monoxide poisoning or, or cyanide poisoning. It saves their life. You know, it reverses met hemoglobinemia, but um, so it increases the amount of oxygen that's delivered to the tissues. But um, yeah, there's so many uses of it. You probably should, you know, go by and, and listen to one of the extensive podcasts I've done on it. Out of all the podcasts I've ever done, that's the one that, how many people listen to that podcast, Ben? Yeah, that's definitely been the one that's uh, caught the, the most uh, steam. I, 
I don't have the exact uh, number of views uh, top of head, but it's uh, it's it's more than all the others. Um, that's for for sure. Uh, it's if you look up Methylene Blue Revisited, um, you know actually both of them um, have uh, have uh, gotten quite a quite a few views. Uh, one question I get from people is, and I th- I know we referred to it in in the article around Methylene Blue on our website. But who's kind of the who's like the the person who's doing a lot of the research on methylene blue? Is it a professor out of Texas? Oh, yeah. There's a there's a PhD biochemist down in uh, University of Texas. Okay. And I forget his name too, but he's been studying methylene blue for thirty years. So he he gives a great podcast about it, and we probably refer to it in our I think podcast. We did. But. Um, you know, it's just such a great compound. It's, you know, again, it's been around since 1867, I think. And when they were staining genes with it, these German scientists started looking at it under the microscope and they noticed that it was a great stain to uh, elucidate parts of the cell, like the nucleus, the cell wall, the organelles. So it was, so they started looking at it in that way. Then they noticed that um, they could identify the malarium um, bug with it, parasite. And they also noticed that because malaria was huge back then, killed many, many people. And then they noticed that the methylene blue, not only you could elucidate, see the, the parasite, but it killed it. So it was the first treatment for malaria. Was methylene blue, and which is a precursor to hydroxychloroquine, which they use because it wouldn't stain everything blue. Um, but it's it was also it's also worked for urinary tract infections, uh, both treatment and prevention. And we use it a lot for oxygenation. Um, we, for example, we use it all the time for long COVID. We used it even in COVID. You know, just, we use it for fatigue. You know, I tell everybody we were driving to the beach one day and we're, I was about to fall asleep at the wheel and asked Jenny to drive and she did. And she was same way. She was tired. We just eaten lunch. It was hot. So I asked her if she brought, had brought the methylene blue on her vacation. She had, so we both drank methylene blue and it it literally, Within minutes, it was like taking an Adderall pill for that situation. It just woke us right up. And so it's for, I use it for a lot of stuff, mental alertness, breathing, exercise tolerance as an antibiotic, an antifungal, antiviral, um, antiparasitic drug. It's just wonderful and safe. Um, and if you listen to the PhD from Texas, you, you won't be so worried about it interacting with um, you know, the SSRIs or, you know, the fact that it's a mild MAO inhibitor or that it's a not nitric oxide antagonist. Um, so it's just an interesting compound, uh, very safe. It will stain things though. Our carpet was ruined. Uh, the dogs <laughs> got into it. Um, you know, one question that came to mind as you were, um, talking about methylene blue and can, can you take too much of it? Because it seems like something that like, man, I, 
I could take that multiple times a day and that'd be awesome. Um, you probably could, you, you know, we recommend eight drops in a glass of water daily, but a lot of people, you know, take it double that twice a day. Want to use it for cognition. Um, cause I use it a lot in dementia. Um, Matter of fact, some people say every nursing home ought to just use it routinely yeah. to prevent UTIs and help dementia. You know, sometimes I'll go up to 30 drops a day. Uh, so it's it's very safe. Um, but go listen to those podcasts on it and learn about it. It's cheap. It's over the counter. It's cheap. So, Angela, I hope that helps. Great question there. Love the methylene blue questions. Uh, and I think selfishly, I just like to put up that uh, picture of uh, Izzy and Ike. <laughs> Um, okay, let's keep going. Um, I see Dave. Uh, Dave, what's up, man? Great to see you. Uh, are there any alternatives to blood thinners for AFib, herbs, supplements? Uh, what's your thoughts? I had a lady today that uh, could not tolerate her AFib medications. Um, they finally they switched her to Pradaxa, which she didn't want to take, but she's going to try it since they gave her samples. But she could not tolerate Eloquist. I think Plavix, um, she just wanted to take her aspirin, which to me, if this one fails, I'm just going to tell her to take a 325 aspirin every day. Um, but certainly aspirin. But if you want something more herbal, probably my favorite would be natokinase. Uh, you know, it's kind of a natural blood thinner. That's my favorite one there. Uh, willow bark, which is aspirin. Those are some natural alternatives. All right, Dave, I hope that helps. Um, let's get to, uh, let's see, let's go to, to, to you. Let's go to Velma, then I'll get to Mark's question. Uh, can anxiety cause blood pressure to rise extremely high? I, I, I think I've told this story before, um, but I went to the dentist one time and, um, and they took my blood pressure there and <laughs> it was, it was like outrageous. Uh, outrageously high. Uh, anyways, I end up going back to to our West Knoxville office and had them ch check my blood pressure, and it was like completely different. Um, so I, my, you know, I would say yes. What what's what's your professional opinion? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt. Mama, I've seen it many times in the office. You know, um, so yeah, it can. It, do you th can. I, I think um, we did a we did a a common sense episode on um, on blood pressure, uh, and you say it's important to take this take this at home, like do your blood pressure at home. And I think a lot of times yeah. we, we only take it in these high stress, not high stress, but just you know situations that um, could make you uh, nervous. You know. Yeah, and really the best way to check it is at home when you're relaxed, but. There's situations where it can go up when you're in traffic or stressed out, which is a lot of life. Yeah. It'd be great to get 24 hour blood pressure monitors. There's just, they're, and they're, they have them out there. I've just never been able to get a hold of one to, to give to a patient to see what it does. Cause remember you're taking one moment in time, you know, it takes what 30 seconds to take a blood pressure. What's it doing the other yeah. 23 hours and 59 minutes and 30 seconds. So you know, it'd be nice, but over, you know, just measure it at different times. And, you know, if it's extremely high, like 220 over 120, there's usually something pathologic going on as well. 
but during a panic attack, it could definitely rise that high. Yeah. I've seen it do it. Um, yeah. Good question. Uh, thank you, Velma, for, for that question. And I'm going to get to, uh, some people may, may, if it's really tend to, some people I'll put on a small dose of a beta blocker, which is a blood pressure medicine, uh, heart rate reducer, but also helps anxiety. So that's something you could consider. If you take too high dose, it's going to make you tired. But um, anyway, food for thought. What, what was that one? A beta blocker. Oh, um, all right, Velma. I hope that helps. We're going to get to, to, to Mark here and, um, this is around, uh, let's see here, Tennessee Attorney General urges looking at ballot health and big concerns over ballot fell short of charity care by $148 million over four years while suing thousands of patients to collect bills. Uh, let's see, ballot um, health also failed to meet 80% of the requirements to bolster care, such as those affecting death and infection rates. How can we improve upon the, this corporate uh, medicine model? Um you know, in your your opinions, um, you know, let's keep it keep it vague with the corporate medicine model. Ballot health, of course, is in um, you know our area up in uh, Upper East Tennessee. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? I've got to kind of bite my tongue about ballot because <laughs> I could. I, I've thought about doing a whole show on it. You know, it's it, Mark. You know, I know you don't. I don't think you you don't live in this area really, so you're not affected by it, but. It's, it's horrible, horrible. I mean, I can't tell you how bad it is. I could tell you stories that would curl your ears. So it's terrible. Um, hopefully they'll get bought out and somebody better will come in. But healthcare, you know, hospital care all over the country is suffering. It's not just ballot, uh, but they have to be, you know, one of the worst because how else would you get singled out in USA Today, you know, a little Appalachia area like we're in and have, you know, point out all that's gone wrong with this, the D minus ratings and non, you know, non competes and, you know, everything that went on in the last four years. So yes, it's, it's, it's horrible. You know, it just is. And, uh, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm biting my tongue. Let's put it that way. I see, I see a lot of doctors and nurses and patient, you know, none of them say anything positive about it. I mean, and it's just, it's horrible. It's just horrible. I have to bite my tongue a little bit because I, I don't want to, I don't want to find myself at the bottom of Boone Lake or anything, but. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it is bad. You know, the way, the way corporate medicine is going, it's all based on greed and it's infiltrated our government, our pharmaceutical companies, the FDA, the DEA, you know, it's, it's infiltrated at all. And so you got to really kind of be a little wary of what you believe. Um, you saw that with COVID. That's another thing I'm going to go off on one day is what I really think what happened. But in any event, um, you know, the bottom line is take care of yourself so you don't have to go down to that hospital. You know, again, you may have to, and it may, it may save your life. So we still have good doctors around here. A lot of them are leaving, but we still have a wonderful medical community, good doctors that care. The system's tough. The system is tough. I talked to a very good friend who's an ER doc today about it. And um, we had a very interesting conversation about 
you know, what duress they're under, understaffed, overcrowded, um, you know, and again, it's not the only hospital system having this problem. Yep. But it just seems for people that live around here, we're just not used to anything like that. You know, we used to have the best hospital system, at least here in my town, Holston Valley Hospital, you know, back when my dad practiced as a general surgeon for 40 years there. I mean, it was, it was outstanding. I mean, nationwide is well known. And now we're well known for another reason, unfortunately. But anyway, that's all I should say about it today, though. Um, you know yeah. why? Because my blood pressure is rising up. I'm getting anxious. <laughs> I can feel it going up. So take care of your own health, yeah. please. You know, and uh, get a doctor that you can trust and that will listen to you and uh, do everything you can to stay out of the hospital and uh, stay healthy. Do your own research. Look into it. Talk to people. Uh, thank Talk you. to doctors and nurses that work in the system. Ask them about it if they'll open up with you about it. And I do think that, you know, the big message here is in, and really the, the you know, purpose behind this show every week is, is you know, equipping yourself with the, with the tools you need to, to take care of yourself. And, um, you know, and also like, you know, my, my hope is that we're, you know, creating a, you know, a whole bunch of patient advocates um, uh, here with us on, on Tuesday nights and, I uh, hope you guys know who are with us live. There's 50, 50 something people here with us tonight that we're, you know, we're for you. And, and um, so uh, I hope you know that. And, um, but, but Mark, thank you for the question. And, and, you know, it's a, it's obviously a sensitive topic and, you know, a, a tough thing to talk about, but, you know, with, with corporate medicine, you know, it's, it's important to, uh, you know, uh, do, do kind of the fundamentals well. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's go. Let's keep going. Um, let's see. I, I, th I think Angela had one I'm missing. Um, we're going to be here for another couple minutes. We're going to get to all these, I think. Um, Angela's asking, uh, best way to lower high long-term cortisol levels. Lowering stress is not an option. Okay. Um, so lowering stress is not yes. an option. Need to lower long-term cortisol levels. Great question. Uh, first thing, exercise. I love exercise for that getting a good night's sleep, you know, your cortisol levels usually high in the morning, low at night. That's the way it functions. It wakes you up and at low levels helps you sleep along with melatonin. But, you know, I like ashwagandha, I like L-theanine. Um, I like the, the herbs. I like saffron. You know, I use a lot of herbs to lower cortisol levels. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a big problem for a lot of people. Um, but I, I like the herbals. I like anything. I like meditation, prayer. Um, you need to find a way to relax. Even though you do have stress, you can learn to relax and take time for yourself. Um, that's a wonderful question. It is. Great question. That's why I, I have my own stress formulation with ashwagandha, L-theanine, and saffron in it. All in one. People, That's my best-selling vitamin. Yeah is that and then comes multi which is loaded but um but yeah but don't don't forget to exercise you know exercise is the best anxiety medication there is yeah just exercise well angela thank you for 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 asking this because i i know a lot of people feel the same way you know they feel like um, you know, lowering stress is not an option. And, and, um, so I, it, you know, so I appreciate your honesty uh, around that. Cause I know the, 
you know, I, the, the easy answer would be to lower your stress. Um, and, and a lot of times that's not, you know, it's hard to do. It's hard People to do. have to work. They yeah. have to put up with bad bosses sometimes or yep. have a lot of stress in their marriage or kids and they may not sleep well. Yeah. Um, you know, that's why, that's why when you're a family doctor, you got to get to know your patients and why they're like that. What, and give them some helpful tips. That's why we have a psychologist on our team. That's why we have a nutritionist. We have an exercise physiologist. We have a physical therapist. You know, it's not just here's a pill for everything. It's y'all look at everything. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Angela, thank you so much for that. Uh, we're going to, uh, keep going here. Let's see. Where am I at? I'm, I know I'm missing some. Uh, Anthony, uh, what kind of time frame and doses would you recommend when increasing Manjaro from five milligrams to 15 milligrams? My wife is loving it so far. That's awesome. Um, what's your thoughts on yeah. this? Um, what I would do is go up by two and a half milligrams every four weeks. So go from five, use five milligrams weekly for a month, 7.5 for a month. 10, 12.5, 15. Um, that's typical. I don't know if she's a diabetic or just doing it for weight loss, but probably she may be at least insulin resistant. Otherwise it'd be hard to get covered. Um, but uh, that's kind of the way I do it. And one good point about either Ozempic or Manjaro, especially if you're diabetic and it's just your metabolism's different, you're in, at least insulin resistance. You need to get to the maximum dose if you can um, and stay on it. All right, Anthony, I hope that helps. Uh, I'm going to put this up uh, from my brother Steve here. Two cannibals take a, di a couple digest shield and start eating a clown. One looks at the other and says, this tastes funny to you. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that's I worse than my joke. That, <laughs> I him, but that actually is a pretty good joke. I do. I, I love like that. It. Huge shout That's out to, to Digest Shield and Shield Nutraceuticals. Steve, thank you so much for uh, being with us tonight. Um, let's see here. I, I, I'm going to get to Evangelon. Um, what about bromelain for blood thinning? Um, some people use it for that. You know, some people do. It's very mild. So people use bromelain for a lot of stuff. Heart protection, weight loss. Um, that's probably one I ought to do a, a podcast on someday. Yeah, I try I, to do, bring up an interesting supplement that not many people know about like, uh, HMB. And I'm, I'm getting ready to do one on, um, glycerin, yep. uh, uh, which will be an interesting one. Uh, so you know, it's funny. Uh, when I think of bromelain... Glycine, I, not glycerin. Glycine, excuse me. Glycine, not glycerin. We could do all that too, but I'm, I'm going to do one on glycine. Uh, when I think of bromelain, I think of bone broth. Is that way off? Nothing to do with each other, is there? I don't know why. I, I'm, I don't know why I'm not putting that together. But, uh, uh, I could be way off there. Um, Evangeline, I hope that helps. Um, let's see. I, I think uh, Spencer is asking thoughts on using THC for alternative pain medication. I'm all for it. You know, I think in, in a lot of cases, uh, especially for chronic debilitating pain, um, nausea, 
anxiety, end-of-life measures. Um, it's certainly a lot better than, uh, it's more effective and safer than, than opiates for sure. It, it keeps a lot of people off opiates. You know, since it's been legalized in a lot of states, you get a lot of ER docs that complain about excess ER visits from using it because you have, have you can have side effects from it, yeah. like, you know, paranoia, schizophrenia, yeah. uh, intractable nausea and vomiting. So, uh, so I think it has its good points and bad points. Certainly, if I was to use it, I would go to a, a pharmacist and a dispensary that can guide you on, you know, how much and what form you need to take it in. Um, but yeah, I think I'm not against it. I'm really not against it. All right. Thank um, you, uh, Spencer. Let's get to, to Fred here from Texas. Uh, I have a family member that has knee issues. Her doctor said she partial says partial knee surgery since her knee is bone on bone. Any recommendations avoiding surgery to repair? Um, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah. Um, of course, my favorite is PRP, platelet-rich plasma. Look into that. Um, the fact that they want to do a partial means that she probably has room or some meniscus left. Otherwise, they'd be doing a total. You know, the medial side of the, the uh, meniscus wears out first, usually. And there are people that do partials. Um, you know, not mostly they do total, but um, certainly partials, if it can be done, if she's a candidate for that, it's a lot easier for rehab. Um, but if it's bone on bone throughout, nothing may work besides a knee replacement. But they still need to develop something that's better than what they do, I, I think. Um, you know, you look at the hyaluronic acid like Cinevis that they inject um, in there. And those are usually covered by insurances. PRP is not. But certainly I like the PRP. Um, stem cells, which is kind of like a... Uh, stem cell treatment, at least a precursor to your own stem, stem-like cells. Um, but the FDA doesn't really like full-on stem cells at this point, unless it comes from your own fat or your own bone marrow. And by the time you need it, your stem cells aren't going to be like that of, you know, a newborn. So that's why if you're having a baby, bank your umbilical cord blood for uses like that in the future. Stem cells. Stem cells are going to be huge. They're already huge, but there's a limitation on uh, using them right now because a lot more research needs to be done on them. But think about, ask them about PRP. Try that. I'm, I'm, she's probably already tried the Cinevisc or some of the newer um, hyaluronic acid products. Um, but I, I like PRP. I really do. I've had both my knees injected with it. I'm not bone on bone, but it's just amazing results. Fred, I hope that helps. I hope your um, your family um, uh, works on uh, or gets uh, their their knees worked on. I, I know that's uh, super painful. Um, so thank you so much for that question, um, Doc. I, I think we did it. I think we got through all the questions. If I miss somebody, um, I apologize. We will get to that first uh, first thing next week. Um, but man, it's been it's been great to kind of you know do this. We last week was was a um, because of the Halloween we, we did on Monday, it was nice to, to get to do this yeah. with you um, on Tuesday night. Uh, man, I tell you what, how, how great were these questions? 
They were great tonight. I mean, man. It's one of my favorites. And I'm going to put this up from uh, Coal Miner's Daughter just because I, uh, I love this. A big patient advocate. Worked in healthcare my entire life, but on privately small owned medicine uh, side. That's super cool. Super cool. Thank I you. I like that. I like that. Here are the dogs. You want to exit with the dogs? We're going to. Uh, Everybody loves to see Ike and Izzy. There's the blue uh, dogs. The blue dogs. That is Izzy right there. There's Izzy. She's doing great. She's uh, she's in a look at look how happy she is. She's such a sweet dog. She's very um, happy. Uh, All right, Ike, come here. For context, here. I'm gonna. Hey, buddy. Come here. Here's Ike. There's Ike. No, no blue mouth. You know, like no blue no. tongue. Uh, he's he's all cleaned up. <laughs> uh, he's having love fun. it. Uh, you we guys know. Backyard and run right now. I'll go run with you in a minute. Um, we, we, we try to close this show with, with the dogs. Um, uh, I, man, I, to, there's 47 of you here with us now. I, we love you so much. Thank you so much for, for, uh, being here with us during this, this hour. And, uh, it's, it's something that I know doc and I, uh, cherish, uh, we really, uh, love, uh, the performance medicine show and getting to do this with you guys. So thank you, Cherry. Thank you for the 10 Steve. Thank you for the 10. Uh, I love it. Uh, guys, uh, the, I think that the dogs are, are gone. That means the show is, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna call it a show. Um, thank you. If you have questions for doc or if I miss something, put them in the comments, we'll get to it next week. Uh, but, uh, until then we'll be Tuesday, seven o'clock next week. I can't wait to see you guys. Uh, doc, uh, AKA dad, dad is so good to see you, man. Yeah. Call me dad. <laughs> good night, man. Thank you. All right, man. Good show. Love you. Love you too. Right. Love you guys. I will see y'all next week, Tuesday 7. Looking for my outro with Brad. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.